Do you know that our emotion drives our behaviors? We need all of our emotions for thinking, problem solving, focus attention, and for many more. We are neurobiologically wired and to learn anything, our mind must be focused and our emotions need to feel in balance. Have you ever reflected on what feeling your success relies on or what feeling we all need to be filled to become successful? Hi, this is Azim Sahib, a human capital specialist. I want to personally welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We are really glad you are here because this podcast is designed to inspire people to live a meaningful life and pursue your passion. Welcome to EI Cafe with Azim Season 5. I give a late look back at the lives and business of today's most important elements with emotional intelligence. You will learn how emotional intelligence can be a key factor for your success in both personal and professional life. You will hear key life lessons and tips from most prominent personalities, business leaders, entrepreneurs, EI practitioners and executive coaches from all over the world. Just to let you know, you can watch the video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel as well. So sit back, relax with a cup of coffee and let's get into the show. This is EI Cafe with Azim. A 30 minutes of valuable learning. In our world of exponential change, ever-increasing complexity, the power rests with those who act and especially those who act with self-determination and persistence. Our motivation is our most valuable commodity. Multiplied only by action, its value fluctuates with how we invest our attention. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, a very warm welcome to the show. This is season five of EI Cafe with Azim, and I'm your host, Azim Sahil, a human capital specialist, a Lego Series Play facilitator, ICF certified coach, and emotional intelligence practitioner. Here we are again for another interesting topic a 30 minutes of valuable learning. In today's topic, we are going to talk about something really, really needed for today's context. So, the topic, what we're going to cover is channeling your energy to thrive through positive psychology. Now, I know positive psychology means you might be thinking very technical. No, that's why I have brought a guest all the way from France, a wonderful individual who's going to make this particular topic very easygoing and be, let the people know how we can channel our energy, which is we are very much using to thrive and survive and thrive. Right? Let me introduce this individual today. Um, she's a coach, psychologist, trainer, facilitator, and enjoy leveraging her expertise in consulting projects. She's the lead editor of Positive Psychology Coaching in the Workplace 2021. She regularly coaches a small number of one-to-one clients 
her, her interest is in enhancing coaches developing development and practice with positive psychology coaching psychology ethics in practice ladies and gentlemen let me welcome wendy and smith wendy officially welcoming you to the cafe thank you so much for having me i love the applause how many people did you get together for that one <laughs> absolutely it's again the psychology you know i'm creating that environment for you let's have this conversation and that's the motivation we get isn't it so yeah well <clears throat> sorry once again thank you very much wendy for your valuable time um i know it's it, it's it's a uh, early in the morning if i'm not mistaken on that particular part of the world uh and um we are going to talk something really important and and why i like to pick you on this particular topic you have written a book on it um, and i have seen a um, couple of articles you have written on this particular right because when we talk about positive psychology you know those who knows about the concept they knows really well but the the most important thing how we can take this message to the an audience or a set of people who don't have an idea about it because they think it's so sci scientific the word term psychology and you know medical term but is that so difficult is a question mark so that's why i wanted to talk about this particular element so to start off when you like i would like to know about you like how did you get into this particular area of work what made you move into this particular area of work oh geez that was a long time ago it was while i was studying at university an undergraduate of psychology and um you know we have to learn all about the dysfunction of humanity uh in terms from a psychological perspective in our undergraduate years but somewhere along the line uh, we had a lecture i think it was lindsay odes who gave us a lecture on well-being mm -hmm. and this concept just um i'm like this is where i like to be i like to be focusing on everything that's going right so um i was attracted from a very early time uh to the concept of well-being which mm. is you know a, a, mm. about positive psychology fundamentally mm. and so alongside that um i was also uh volunteering as a coach and mentor okay. for okay. adolescents so they were running parallel okay for a long time mm. Mm -hmm. mm. fantastic um uh just to start off you saw that introduction i talked about a little bit of motivation a little bit of determination persistence now is it positive psychology when you talk about positive psychology is it about motivation is it about determination is it about the persistence um just to make sure things are clear or is it all of this combined in the positive psychology what would be it well it's all of that and some okay so you know it is about motivation but so is psychology yeah but fundamentally positive psychology or well-being is about looking at what's right in the world how is it that people mm -hmm. uh thrive in the world what is it about those people that have them experience more happiness more often than not mm -hmm. what is it about um societies overall that actually experience uh, um more happiness or well-being than not mm -hmm. so it's just the opposite end of looking at what dysfunction is you know so what is it that makes someone depressed well we kind of know that you know there's lots mm. of it so let's look at you know what is it about those people who really do very very well in the world the majority mm. of the time and what mm. is it that's uh helping them 
be that way. Mm. So that's positive psychology. But there's many factors that do that. Mm. Um, you know, and it's not just motivation. It's also about optimistic thinking. It's about having hope. Mm. It's about creating hope. It's about having great relationships and mm. what they might look like. Mm. So there's many factors that influence that. Right. And that is positive psychology. You mentioned science, and I think it's important to mention science. You know, let's not be frightened of the science because Absolutely. the science is what validates the stuff we know and helps us have a, a better understanding about why and what we can do with it. So it's, you know, positive psychology is not some airy-fairy concept that someone mm. just writes about mm. in some random book mm. um, about how to do well. It's actually backed up by science, and that's an important factor to remember. Mm. Fantastic. Absolutely, Eric. Um, it's really important to notice that there's something has been created and the whole terminology has come because of the science, because of the research coming into picture, because it's all about understanding human behaviors, right? So coming into that context of understanding human behavior, how one person can be really pushed to the thriving element from surviving through positive psychology, what would be the mechanism? What are the area we're gonna talk on that? Well, just but one mechanism. Okay, there's, there's a number. But one mechanism is relationships. Mm. So, you know, what kind of relationships do you have? Are they lifting you up? Are they supporting you? Are they believing in you? Are mm. they trusting you? Are you able to trust them? Are mm. you believing in them? Are you mm. feeling their support and their appreciation? And if not, then why not? You know what's going on. Let's have a look at what, what the people around us and what they're, what they're bringing to the table for your relationship. Mm. Remembering it's a reciprocal mm. uh, environment to be in. It's not a one-way street. But those relationships that give you loads of energy, that lift you up, mm. they're the ones you want to hold on to and hold dear mm. as opposed to the others that might may not give you so much energy you know right. you know i think an important thing to remember that even those people that challenge you mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that that's a negative experience they're the ones that actually you can learn from mm. that perhaps they're challenging you with the right uh intention mm. and that is to help you grow mm. so you need to discern the the differences between the the uh, types of presence that people have in when you're connecting with them. All right. So you, you, you picked up a very interesting point, right? And it quickly you know, triggered me because I, I love this particular area of emotional intelligence, right? Now you said people might be challenging you just to, in a good intention for you to raise the bar. And, yeah. and we might tend to misunderstand that particular element of that particular person and relationship might end up in somewhere else. It can be a personal life, it can be our, our, our corporate life or our professional life. So how this emotional intelligence can be a real game changer in terms of positive psychology in, in context what you shared? Well, I think we need to then be looking at empathy and compassion. Mm. And is, is someone, you know, challenging you but being empathetic as well? You know, have they shown consistency across supporting mm. you but then happy to also challenge you when they think they could be helping you in a different way. Mm. So 
tapping into emotions and knowing that you have a a a well-intended fruitful connection mm. that has a, generally a positive emotional aspect to it um, and it also involves trust I think mm. it's going to help mm. so when we're talking about emotions so we need emotions one we have a need emotional intelligence one to connect well with people okay but then we also have an output from connecting well with people and that is an uplift and an experience of many more positive emotions mm. such as joy or pride or happiness or even love and so it's all reciprocal it's mm. not a one-way street even from the emotional aspect of mm. it so learning about what emotions are increasing your vocabulary around emotions and recognizing what you're feeling at any given time mm. is helpful to bring that to bear Wow, that's that's really interesting, right? Um, because when you talk about emotional intelligence, it's about recognizing the emotion and you know how do you regulate the emotion and get to know the other person's emotion, how it goes. In the context of today's business environment or corporate environment, we are talking about competition. We are talking about um, you know um, blue ocean, red ocean. Um, we are talking about a lot of element um, digitalization artificial automation with all bringing up the toughness in the game in terms of corporate arena now when we take our business there can be startups there can be uh, you know mid-scale there can be a big corporates but end of the day now all are trying to thrive now in this process people factor is key right um, no, I, I've seen that. I've seen the book that you have written also in terms of coaching, um, positive psychology, yeah, exactly. Positive psychology at workplace, uh, workplace coaching, right? How can we uplift um, of an employee in a such environment? Because the, especially in our country also, it's very tough. The economy is tough, high inflation, cost of living is high. We're having a lot of power crisis, fuel crisis but still people are surviving. Um, what would be your thought on this, how to uplift and a human energy and divert into that particular direction of thriving than just surviving? How can positive psychology be a part of it? I, I, know, there's a, I, I know there's a lot of content there, right? <laughs> so, so I, yeah, I and, it's, and it's okay. I want to bring it down to one little element with lots of tentacles, and that is about you sitting in yourself and reflecting on you and, and your own values and the people around you. And that is even broader than that. And what are the resources that are available to you uh, that keep you well? So those resources can be your, and are fundamentally, they're your relationships. They are, um, whether they be at work or whether they be at home, whether they be the relationships that are close to you or the ones that are distant, they all matter. They, you know, whether you're reading, um, what, you, what are you learning, whether you've got work, what's happening at work. So there's lots of things. But looking at your resources, mm. I think, is a really key mm. point for how we can survive in these difficult times. Mm. Mm. So and keep reminding ourselves of what they are. 
absolutely absolutely i think that 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 is what i think relationship will can help you right when when you are like really going down you need someone to really push in okay you're putting down it's time to go up think put your heads up put your heads up so that that creates that whole environment um so let me i i don't know whether even you can ask i was just trying to think um let's see element of parenting how psychologically <laughs> yeah how does it work because i think that would be the you know toughest business anyone will have it like it's not a we are we are we are really raising an a, a soul right so it's it's really important that positive psychology because why i'm asking is we are talking about competition competition does exist in schools it's not about i'm talking about sporting competition about education right um kids are like when parents are getting really stressed up examination how does it work in terms of positive psychology well you're asking me a question you know my daughter's 30 years old and <laughs> i was parenting her while i was learning about psychology and about positive psychology and and i don't know that i was explicitly using this stuff with her So this is a bit challenging for me because it's not somewhere that I ordinarily position myself. Mm-hmm. But if if I were to think about something you mentioned about competition I thought was interesting and it made me it, it just brought a memory back for when my daughter was very young and she was starting school and I wanted her to to have a really strong humanitarian background and a sense of equality for everyone. And I think I was a bit naive as I put that to her and tried to lead her and guide her into that way of being in the world because it came time for well one an example is that her first birthday at school so I said she said she'd like to take something to her friends at school and I said if you're going to take something for your friends for your birthday at school I I think it's better that you give something to everyone in the class so she decided she'd buy a bag of sweets and was able to distribute them to the whole class so they could enjoy it so this is one example of me trying to instill a sense of equality and humanity yet the following year she then wanted to have a birthday party at home and i'm like she wanted to bring everyone you know and i'm thinking i'm not having 30 kids at home <laughs> so i'm like what have i done i it just you know there is this sense that, not that friendships are competitive in that way about who you choose but you can't always be equal to everyone mm-hmm. you have to make some choices somewhere so there's an example of kind of a, a right intent a really nice intent on my behalf but it, i didn't action it very well at all i don't think so we had to work with that across a couple of years to try to feel more comfortable so we both were more comfortable about making these kind of um decisions around people mm. in our life so it's an interesting learning moving on then to competition because it can feel like you're having to choosing between different people if you're not thinking about it in a in a um value aligned way or a 
supportive way who's lifting you up or not but just trying to be equal everywhere you can kind of feel like maybe you your friends are having to compete for your attention and that's not the intention at all as opposed to competing on the sports field yeah where you are you and your team or you as an individual if you're a tennis player you're trying to win Mm. well trying to play well but often trying to win as well so there's it's a it's a challenge I think what I experienced and I don't have all the answers and I can't think right now exactly what all the answers are but I just recall these challenges in parenting Mm. and that then having to instill this competitive spirit in her when she would go and do group activities so my daughter's an only child and I was acutely aware of that so I wanted her to have a really nice social environment Mm. with lots of kids around her often Mm. um, which is a challenge for me because I'm fundamentally an introvert and uh, so I I suggested that she join um, a a group sport a team sport and we looked through a whole bunch of them and she chose soccer mm. or football. So off she went and had to grow in that environment. And it was quite amazing that as she grew, this competitiveness actually grew in her. But in a way, it was for the whole team. It wasn't just for her, but she also learned to stand her ground. You know, it's not exactly answering your question right. uh, in relation to family and competitiveness amongst people, but you know, it is messy like this and and we take journeys. So I I don't think any one person has one particular answer around competitiveness Mm. and how that might work even within the family context. But the idea that we'll sit and think about these things that we want to instill in our children and how we also role model that and keep learning ourselves as adults, we don't have all the answers and being humble enough to, to, to accept that and then even explain that with your children when you get something wrong and have to apologize. So I think, um, I think there's a lot to go into that, but it's, I think it's quite different than if you're talking about competitiveness in the professional world, Um, you know, whether it be corporate or not. And, and then it comes back, you know, are you being competitive because it because it's something for you? You personally want something out of it, mm. um, whether it be fame or whether it just to be noticed or whether you're just, um, you know, wanting to be better than other people or is it that you, you are driven to learn mm. that your competitiveness is also about bringing other people in and working together and do something great for humanity. So I think there's some really good points to competitiveness, but that's in accordance to my own values, you know? Mm, absolutely. So I say, what are your values? What's mm. driving you to be competitive? And how is that helping you? Is it actually helping you be well in the world and thrive? Or do you need to relook what is that's driving you to be competitive? So you're spot on. And I I like to pick two things from the conversation on the parenting element. The last part you said as a parent, you know, um, accepting uh, the mistake that you did and, you know, being so humble to say apologize uh, to the kids. reflecting back the same thing on the you know competitive professional area leadership 
are they humble enough to accept their mistakes and be honest is something the value the leaders need to create, isn't it, uh, Wendy? Yeah, this would be great. Uh, you know, so often leaders feel the need to be strong and always right and, and hell, we're human, we're not. We muck up all the time. <laughs> we, you know, often it's with the best intent. Mm. But I think, imagine the connection with your teams if you have the humility to say, you know what, I screwed up. Mm, mm. I'm really sorry about that. Mm. And we, let, what are we going to learn from that And as a team? But so far in my reflections, this is what I've learned. And this is how I'm going to try and do it next time. Mm. I think that can be extraordinarily powerful mm. um, for the leader's positioning, but also their connection with their team. And maybe that'll answer in part the problem about everyone leaving the workplace that you mentioned <laughs> That you have the, over there. <laughs> the great, the great resignation you're talking about, right? Right. So, so it's wonderful you said that. Um, you know, there's a chapter in your book saying coaching for resilience in the workplace, right? Ah, yes. So it's interesting. Say, so you're talking about thriving, right? To thrive, you need to have that caliber of resilience. You know, when you fall down, bounce back, do not give up, keep driving, and what has the whole business case around this particular uh, chapter? What, what was your... Oh, great. And that's not my chapter. I just edited that chapter. <laughs> I, You know what? To be honest, I can't give you a concrete answer on that okay. specifically for that chapter because right. uh, I didn't write it. I edited it. Yes, I did. Yeah. But I would have to have a fresh look right. at it to, so to get oral, that again. Like oral perspective in you know, that case, what would be it? not on the chapter resilience in the workplace how can positive impact can create as a leader or you know as an employee so generally speaking about resilience it is I, i'm going to tip you back to looking at your your resources are mm -hmm. you know that's extraordinarily powerful that when you know what your resources are and you know where you can lean when you need to uh, when the chips are down Mm. And that will help support you going forward. Mm. And I dare say that chapter in the book on resilience probably speaks to that indirectly or directly. Um, mm. I can't remember the model exactly. I think it's the Spark model that might be okay. in there. Or the, anyway, so uh, it's still even that chapter is still talking about the psychological um, resources that you have, and okay. then ways of working with them. Where I'm, when I'm speaking about resources, I'm speaking about the psychological resources of the individual, of the team, and those physical resources that we have outside of us. Right. So be, I'm taking a more holistic view of right. resources. So, so, um, so you mean to say coaching can be a good resource? Absolutely. It's a brilliant resource. Mm. Um, so as I head back into chapter three of the book, <laughs> <laughs> which that one I know quite well because I was one of the authors in it. So, I mean, it, we spoke there about, you know, when you were coaching and uh, focusing on, on um, well-being within coaching, that it also helps the development and it's all reciprocal. And then if I head back into chapter 10, which was my chapter on high quality connections, there's a section in there that talks about the coach being the role model of what a high quality connection is. And that happening within the coaching relationship 
and that will actually increase and influence how people go about having relationships outside of that coaching relationship. Mm. So there's really important roles um, for coaches to, to play. And I dare say the coaching is going to be much more effective if they can have a good solid relationship. Uh, if they don't have that, they don't have anything in coaching. So um, it, it's all it's all quite important and has quite a strong impact on the resourcing. Absolutely. I think I think um, in today's context, um, every leader need to write really got to know this particular skill and need to absorb the skill of coaching because it's really important that because of the relationship, the resource, you know, and, yeah. the, and the connection that two individuals have, I can really can divert the energy of the person into really to thrive rather than just to you know, survive and, you know, talk about the whole negative element, the experience. So I think this is an important fact. And that's why I really want to pick this particular topic because what I really understood the conversation we had with Mindy, like it's about, you talked about relationship, which is really important. And with that, we need to have a, on the tack of the resources, what we have, we need to know what the resources around what we have to connect these two. We should have better connection with everyone inside or outside. So when we are on the mode of surviving or going down, those are the people, those are the elements we are going to support us to thrive. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that what the whole conversation is about? Yeah, absolutely. But you know, for the leaders to take that position in in engaging as in a coaching conversation that can make them feel very vulnerable because it's an entirely different position it's like mm. where's my power base if i'm not directing and determining mm. where's my power base because some people equate and it is in part true leadership with power mm. so and leadership with decision making and this is true that there are those elements to leadership but you also need to be guided by other people, use other people's knowledge and let it infiltrate what you need to do to make the best decisions. And the only way you can do that is by having the relationship, trusted relationships with your team members, whether they are your equal yeah. direct reports or whether they're your, your team members that are below you or even above, that these kind of trusting, coaching, questioning relationships uh, are vital to information gathering, creating better relationships, and hopefully better business decisions. Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you very much, Wendy, for sharing that. I think we have all almost come to our end of our conversation. I told you the 20 minutes, 30 minutes will fly like nothing when we start talking. That's my experience <laughs> on last last four, five seasons. So, uh, Wendy, before I let you go, what would be one or two key, key takeaways for an individual to look into in terms of positive psychology, you know, to make him thrive. I know we talked about relationship connection and the resources. Um, what would be one key takeaway, the baby step you can tell to our audience um, as an, a practical element they can practice? What would be that? Read. If you want to be using the concepts of positive psychology in your days, read about it read about it from the scientific perspective. Don't get turned off by people writing things and putting it, this person said this. Actually read that, that um, and, and then think about how it's going to be applied, how you could use it in your own day. 
expressing gratitude, appreciating people, letting them know that they actually matter to you. If you have a conflict, address it. Get in there and have a conversation around it and sort it out. Take ownership for your stuff and then move on. Find a way forward. There's lots. I've given you more than two. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. The more the better, more the merrier. Right. So, so, so that's the time that we have, ladies and gentlemen, my key takeaway, I'm going to tell you again, think about the resource, think about the relationship, think about the connection, which around you, and which is the most important thing to become striving to your careers or whatever that you do, because end of the day, when you hold on, those are the people, those are the resources you're going to come back. So that that's a little bit what my takeaway. I hope our listeners got plenty of takeaways. So my special, uh, Thank and gratitude to uh, Wendy and Smith for joining in today to our podcast. And you can get connected to her through her via LinkedIn and you can uh, drop into www.wendyconnectmeifier.com. It's eclorev, right? Dot EU. That's right. Yeah, so it's www.eclorev.eu uh, for, for more information and exploration what what Wendy does. And just to keep on note that there is an upcoming virtual um ethics in coaching conference happening on february 24th on 25th on 2022 so for more information please log on to www.coachingethicsforum.com as well so with that wendy thank you very much for spending your valuable time and a lot of inputs i learned personally a lot and i'm going to of course take that ticker keep reading i do read but in terms of positive psychology i do get onto the website and all but not, not getting hold of a book and start reading I think that's would be my one of my um, bucket lists for this month. Let's fabulous. Well, I encourage you to just pick up one of those red things sitting on my shoulder there. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to make sure, and I'm going to give you a review on that as well. So, oh, that'd be very great. Thank you very thank much. Thank you Wendy. so much for having me. Absolute pleasure. relationship influence positive psychology relationship is one of the crucial mechanism people can really develop to thrive in difficult times what kind of relationship do you have are they supporting you are they lifting you up are they trusted and if not why these relationship gives lot of energy for you to thrive Wendy shared that people who challenge you are not negative experience. They are the one who we can learn from to thrive and overcome our challenges, which needs to be in good intention to raise the bar. In this element, emotional intelligence also play a crucial role where empathy and compassion should be reflected in your relationship. To ask those challenging questions to help you grow always work on your values when you want to thrive which will channel your energy towards your effort to thrive further when you did share some insight on leadership 
in terms of corporate environment how important to be engaged with their employees to develop better connection and coaching can be a great tool for leaders to adopt my humble gratitude to Wendy Ann Smith for checking into the cafe and spending her valuable time in the cafe until i come up with another interesting episode in the cafe signing off my name is azim sai this is ei cafe with azim a 30 minutes of valuable learning keep learning keep improving and keep listening Thank you for tuning in to this episode of EI Cafe with Azim podcast. We are sure to hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, please do reach out to me. If you haven't subscribed to the show, don't forget to subscribe to the show which is available in all major podcast platform. So you are notified when the new episode is posted. Please do rate it, review and leave a comment and don't forget to share with your friends. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you are leaving some great things that can help you in your life every day. Please do follow me on social media Azim Sahil and do write us what topic from whom do you want to hear from where I will try to get them on board for you. Till I meet you in another episode. Checking out of the cafe. My name is Azim Sahil. Stay safe and God bless you.